Hi, everyone, and welcome to the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And this week, uh, well, we won one of our men's games. Could have won both of them, but you know. Yeah. And oh, well. To just change that word to uh, women's games and same. So we'll uh, we'll yeah. talk about all, all of the fun action from the weekend, I guess. Yeah, the women mirrored the men's too, and they both won their first and lost their second, right? Yeah. I was looking real good by saying that uh, that the team could be swept, you know, the tech could be swept last weekend on Friday night, and then Saturday, I didn't look so dumb, but I was still wrong, thankfully. Yes. All right. And we're all very grateful for that. Yeah. But let's go ahead and start out outside the realm of basketball. Let's do some tech news. It's been a while since we've really had something to talk about. The thing we have to talk about this week is that the football program has a new coach. The offensive line coach replacing, I believe, the guy who's been in the program for several years. Yeah, McFarland. Uh, but the guy that we're bringing in, his name is Dave DeGuglielmo, which <laughs> is fantastic to say. Yeah. No idea how great of a coach he is, but just the name. Yeah, I mean, all-time name there. Dave DeGuglielmo. Not sure if that's how it's pronounced, but that's how that's the official GTPDD pronunciation. So... We've never mispronounced anything before. Yeah, of course. Uh, he he's been a, he's been an NFL offensive line coach uh, really for the last what is that like seventeen years, uh, bouncing around to a bunch of different teams. And yeah, I mean, New York Giants, Miami Dolphins, Colts, Chargers. Uh, he won a Super Bowl with the Patriots in I think twenty fifteen, and with the Giants in two thousand seven. Yeah, I mean, this is like a really really good hire i think just to get the the guys in our offensive line room right now some you know next level insight um that'll help them you know and it could also be big for recruiting you know i'm not sure how long this guy's going to stick around looking at his resume he kind of the last five jobs he had in the nfl were one year stints so i don't know if this is a long-term gig for him but uh let's just take the benefits of it while we can you know yeah, I've had to kind of look up who he was because I'm not exactly an expert on position coaches and definitely not position coaches in the NFL. He seems uh, not all that well liked by fan bases. I believe I saw on the Reddit, on the college football subreddit, uh, there were some comments that were just, oh, I guess he's still alive. Uh, the top comment is he's a really good coach. He was with the Patriots, recently the Colts and Giants. He's also a giant asshole. So uh, <laughs> we'll see how that works out for us. Uh, interesting. Okay. Well, hopefully he's a giant asshole that wants to help make tech win. <laughs> anyway, uh, in other news, uh, you know, something other than tech basketball games happened this last weekend, and that was the Super Bowl. We won't dwell on it too much, you know, spare Matt's feelings here, but Legereus Need is not getting a ring, which is sad. Um, it wasn't his fault. The whole Chiefs team played pretty bad so yeah uh it was awful um yeah we're not gonna go into detail uh sneed got kind of well out muscled and had one touchdown thrown on him that he gave up it is what it is uh but i'll close that out by saying sneed is going to have opportunities to get back to that game oh yeah the chiefs are not going anywhere anytime soon they have a, a great a great team and even though I'm a steadfast Tennessee Titan fan, uh, I see no reason to believe why Sneed won't end up with 
a Super Bowl championship if he stays with Kansas City for several more years. Yeah, I really I blame both his not that great production and also maybe even the loss in the Super Bowl due to the fact that Snead only played 51% of the snaps, which is the lowest he's played since he came back from injury in week 11. I don't so understand that That's at all. why. That's why yeah. they lost. It wasn't because of the other quarterback. It's just because <laughs> Kansas City. Well, it home. felt it felt like he wasn't out there as much as he usually is. And uh, I, yeah, it was a very, it was just a, it was a bad game. Like the chiefs waited until the last game of the season to have their worst game. I blame Jared cook. That's who I there, blame. There you go. That's a good <laughs> now you're talking anyway. Yeah. But while the super bowl was a bad game, tech played some pretty good basketball games over the weekend, even if only one of them went the way that we wanted it to. But these were some fun games to watch. Yeah, I only was able to catch part of both games because I was dealing with some uh, some sick dog issues. But the parts I watched were very exciting. So I, I got to catch the end of the first game, which was, of course, exciting to watch. But, um, you know, so I'll, I'll let you handle going through most of the game and I'll just add some thoughts here and there, Nathan. Yeah, of course. Uh, Tech wins the first game 68 to 63 in a close game that was back and forth pretty much the whole night. It was exhausting to watch. I maybe I don't remember what I was doing on Friday night, but before the game, but I just remember sitting down and just immediately just feeling exhausted with how quick the tempo was and how often things were happening. North Texas would build out to a six-point lead, then Tech would come back and either tie it or get very close. Then the Mean Green would build it back out to a seven-point lead. Tech would come back again at halftime. North Texas was up 32 to 29, and both teams were kind of firing on all cylinders. Not that every shot was made, but neither team was giving the other team any room to kind of make a move. Yeah, I mean, both both teams in the first half shot above 50% from the field. Um, so that definitely backs up what you're talking about here. Tech shot 52% in that first half, and, uh, and North Texas was an even 50% with Thomas Bell for the for the Mean Green putting up 15 points in that first half, which... I mean, we were really looking out for Hamlet, and it seems like Tech did a really good job this whole weekend guarding him and kind of keeping him from taking over in these games. Yeah, it kind of helped in the second game where he fouled out uh, near the end of the game that kind of limits his ability to really, you know, hit the dagger that wins them the game. But, I mean, they didn't really need it in the second game either. But on the Tech sideline, or really on the Tech side of the court, Isaiah Crawford and Junior Lofton were the two that kind of mirrored that uh, they combined for 17 of the 29 first half points by the Bulldogs and nine of the 15 rebounds just from those two guys. It was, they were just kind of putting on a clinic. Yeah. I mean, Crawford got, you can't say enough about Crawford's game on Friday night. I mean, yeah, 27 points, um, you know, six rebounds. I mean, just, he shot 12 for 15 from the field. I mean, he put on that, that might be the best performance of his entire career so far. Yeah, I remember you messaged me too saying he scored 27 points because yeah. <laughs> they mentioned it near the end of the game. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess I didn't get to watch the whole game, but it seemed like a relatively quiet 27 points. Is that right? Yeah, he made the shots he needed to make. It wasn't anything super flashy. I'm, Lofton had a dunk in this game, which I don't think we've ever seen from him before. He was stealing the limelight, and of course the announcers were talking about Junior because typically that's what they do. And because we've kind of hated on announcing crews in the past. I did really like the two-person booth that they had for both of these games, even though they were on the road. They were This was a nice broadcast and everything that they had from stadium. But yeah, Crawford kind of snuck up and all of a sudden, oh yeah, no, that makes sense. He has, he has made 27 points on the night. But another oddity in this game was the foul situation. 
Each team went into halftime with six fouls. That's that's pretty low, so neither team really gets into that double bonus territory. It took five minutes and 11 seconds before the first foul was called. Uh, Tech would only have six more in the second half, but UNT had 12. But yeah, the second half of this uh, this first game opened up with a couple of runs. Uh, Tech had a 15-point run, which included a couple shots before halftime. Then the Mean Green immediately answered with a 10-point run of their own. Uh, four straight buckets by North Texas. Tech was down 53-44. to 44. In that moment of time, if you just take a snapshot in that second, Tech had an 8.5% chance to win. And they won this game by five. That's... Feels nice to come back from what looks like certain defeat at that point. Uh, but really, Tech wins this game because from 10 minutes and 25 seconds until 3 minutes and 18 seconds, North Texas only hits one shot. Yeah. One basket in seven minutes. Uh, meanwhile, Tech goes from down nine to up two, 58 56, with just under four minutes left. Uh, the teams trade some baskets. Archibald hits a huge three, kind of coming out of nowhere. Archibald hasn't really been that involved either in this game or the past couple, it feels like. But with uh, 20 seconds left, Tech is up two, and uh, Xavier Christian is intentionally fouled. Tech is only up two, two shots here. He makes both of them. Tech goes up by four, except he only hits one of them. So North Texas still has a chance to tie with a three-pointer. Kobe Williams forces a steal. Pemberton fouls with 10 seconds left. So Pemberton misses both of his free throws. But either way, Tech wins this game because really of that steal of the three by Archibald, North Texas tries to kind of hit a three to tie the game. J.J. Murray misses it. And Tech takes the game 68 to 63 after hitting a couple of foul shots. Yeah, I mean it, it was it was really good defense there by by Kobe Williams um, with 12 seconds left to get that steal off Hamlet. You know Hamlet's going to be the guy that they they want with the ball in his hands at the end of the game. And they were only down three, like you said. Xavier Kristen missed his second free throw, so um, you know, or no, he missed the first free throw and then made the second one, which gave them an opportunity to inbound the ball. And, uh, you know, Kobe with the great steal there um, on Hamlet. And then Pemberton went down and missed two with 10 seconds left. That's yeah. where I tripped up. One, just making one of those makes it a four-point game and feels like it's pretty much out of reach with 10 seconds left. But Pemberton misses both of them. So Texas yeah. still only up three, which gives North Texas a chance to tie the game with a three, but they miss it. Which it's it's kind of funny because these games are almost mirror images with the way that the one the next night ended. Um, except that Pemberton didn't make one of these. So if J.J. Murray had hit his three-pointer, you know, on the very next possession, it would have been a tie game, probably going to overtime if Tech couldn't pull off the last second shot themselves. But the following night, North Texas did make a free throw to go up uh, to go up four with like three seconds left. And we'll, we'll get there. But um, yeah. yeah, I mean, this was a really good game for Tech. Really good defensive showing against a pretty good offensive team. And Kenneth Lofton had a had another double double. I mean, he's so good. I don't know every every week, good. every week we gotta say it. He's so good. Yeah, and, and you know Crawford led the way with twenty seven points. Let me see if that is his career high. I bet it is. Oh, it's a season high for this year. So let me check last year. Yeah, last year his his season high was fifteen points. So yeah, that's that's his best game by far. Yeah, he shot 12 for 15 from the field. I mean, what more can you ask for? Yeah. The other thing that I noticed in this game, to give some credit to uh, North Texas, even though I really don't want to, but uh, their big guy, their six foot ten senior, Zachary Simmons, several times he got the ball down low and Tech would try to double-team him, kind of what a lot of people have done to uh, Junior Lofton over the past few weeks to kind of take him out of the game. But Simmons had just always passed out of it. He was been such a great passer in this game and the, the next one on Saturday night. 
just it diffused pretty much every double team every time Tech tried to give him that situation. And watching it, I just thought, wow, if Lofton can develop this skill over the next couple of years, just imagine how much better Lofton can be if he can, oh, you're double, triple, quadruple teaming him. Okay, he can get the ball out in a nice pass. He's been great in the backcourt on passing. He's actually driven the ball up the court like a point guard a few times. <laughs> but if he can get the ball out of his hands when he's getting double teamed underneath it's the hoop. It's so funny to watch when he does that. It's just... That's a, that's a sight to behold. Yeah, what the broadcasters were saying too was that in high school and before he played point guard, before he hit a growth spurt, so he wasn't playing as a big guy originally. So that's he developed those skills and doesn't really huh. need to use them very much anymore. That's interesting. That that explains a lot, actually. I, I didn't hear that part. Just how good he is, like near the basket at, at like doing things that a guy his size shouldn't really be able to do in terms of like you know the way that he moves right when he's under the basket he can like contort himself in ways that you're like really aren't you aren't you like a big guy what what is happening there so yeah, and then of course Lofton has the double double on that night almost had another one second night too just only scored nine points or he would have had one really could have used a couple extra points because Saturday night Tech falls to the North Texas Mean Green on the road in Denton 57 to 55 another close one but it didn't start close Tech and North Texas started this game hitting a three, and then North Texas goes on a 17-3 to run to just... Yeah. Uh, it was it was, it was bad. Awful. I was listening to Nitz uh, in the car on the way to pick up my dog from the vet, and uh, it was not great. It was just like, oh, my goodness, we missed another one. <laughs> you know, just like, wow. Yeah, it was fun watching your meltdown, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, I couldn't watch it. I was reading it. Uh, it was just uh, getting more and more outlandishly sad. As uh, as the performance on the court became more and more outlandishly sad. <laughs> Who's ever cat that was agreed? Yeah, the Mean Green go up twenty six to nine at one point, uh, pretty early on here. But then Tech comes back. They go on a thirteen to two run, and only by halftime the lead is only five. So that's that's not bad if you're trying to cut into this this lead that was fourteen, fifteen, sixteen points strong at one point. But Tech was cold coming out of intermission, but su- but luckily, so was the Mean Green. It took six and a half minutes to hit three field goals. Just brick after brick after brick after brick. Uh, Tech hit three field goals in the first six and a half minutes. North Texas took seven minutes to hit their first. Nobody was scoring in the first seven minutes of this game. The game is tied at 40, 40 to 40, uh, with 13 minutes left to go in the game. With about 10 left, Tech takes a three-point lead. The only time Tech was favored to win on the night was right after they hit this three-point lead in this moment of time. Tech has a 50.4% chance to win. So even when I felt like momentum was swinging our way, the computer wasn't so optimistic. And the computer was right, because with three minutes left, North Texas has a three-point lead, up 56 to 53. Only three more points would be scored for the rest of the night by either team, or really by both teams combined, in those final three minutes. But it's really not like nothing happens here. Yeah, it was action-packed for that amount of scoring, for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. One of the first things that happens is Archibald drives. He gets Hamlet to pick up his fifth foul, trying to block the lane. Then uh, we get into some controversy. Uh, the, there's a loose ball on Tech's side of the court where players are diving forward and throwing elbows and just trying to get a piece of it. It's called a jump ball. All right. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the normal call. Alternate possession pointed North Texas. So, okay, fine. If they're going to call it that way, fine. Then the, the very next possession, literally, the same thing happens. The players dive for the ball. And I think it was Pemberton got called for a foul. I'm trying to find it on the box score. I can't I can't find it. But 
they call a foul on Tech, so North Texas gets to shoot free throws. And it's just like, I mean, really? The same exact thing just happened. The same exact thing. And then, uh, man, the fucking charge call, man. Yeah. Just So, Lofton gets a pass at the top of the key, makes a move, drives down the lane. I remember it's number 15, but I forget which player that is for North Texas. Steps in the way, draws the charge. It's close. Yeah. And, and and we had we you know, Nathan, you tweeted out that video clip of it or the you know, the clip of the guy's foot still moving. We had we had tech fans, we had North Texas fans, we had UAB fans, we had just general basketball fans. One guy who's a like high school ref, I think, chimed in and said, like, hey, his even if his foot's moving, it it doesn't mean it's not a charge and it, it's like, okay, but you know, apparently there's some new drive in college basketball refereeing that says that you know they're they're being more stingy with uh or they're calling more charges this year i guess and a national reporter that i retweeted this morning i don't remember which one it was pat ford i think um said you know it's it's like ruining the game that they're doing this because you can never tell if it's going to be a charge or a blocking foul and before you kind of could anyway in this case though the north texas player you know, he, he attempts to establish his defensive position. Lofton sees him in the way and tries to move out of the way. And, and your point, Nathan, was that he turned his, the, the defender turns his shoulder to make sure Lofton initiates contact. Is that right? Yeah, that's, I, we're looking at this in slow motion. This isn't something the referees can really go and take a look at the table on the, on the monitor for, I don't believe. But the, the player gets there. He sets his position early. Lofton sees the defender there, tries to get out of the way. Uh, and he probably would have still made contact, but the defender continues his motion after getting there into Lofton and almost in, like, Lofton's moving towards him and he's moving towards Lofton. So who really initiates contact? Right. It's, both of them do really. He sells the charge well, but he tucks his shoulder in too to kind of, you're allowed to duck out of the way a little bit. I was reading through the rules and uh, there's like, oh yeah, in this subsection it says this, but like go to over here and it says this and, I had wanted to be well-read and get on the show and talk about it more, but I'm more confused now than when I was watching the game. So to me, though, in the way the foul should be called, that should that's a coin flip call to me. It's a 50-50. Yeah, the player was there, but he moved towards the moved towards Junior to initiate contact, and Junior was also headed into the lane and didn't fully move around the player that was standing there. It's... It can go yeah. either way, and it went in favor of North Texas. I mean, the worst part was that we were down three, and Lofton made the the layup, and you know, there's a whistle, so it's like shit. That's an and one, you know. With I don't even know how much time was left in the game, right? Thirty nine seconds, is that right? That sounds right. I mean, so it's like, man, we're about to we're about to tie this game up, and nope, it was a foul on Lofton, and uh, I, I mean, the way this game ended, which I alluded to. Uh, when we were talking about game one is North Texas missed a three pointer with 17 seconds left. So they took down most of the time on the clock and then missed the three pointer, thankfully. And then we come down and, and Kobe misses a three pointer at the other end, which I'm not sure he's the one I want taking the three pointer at the end of the game, but it is what it is, I guess. Um, he's not really back to full strength yet. So, yeah. I mean, um, and what that shot was, I don't think that, was the one that was scheduled to take the shot or, or planned for Kobe really is just trying to draw contact and go to the foul line. Oh, right. He jumps into the player. 
and yeah. the, into the defender. And uh, I'm not a not a huge fan of how that works sometimes, where sometimes you are given that foul because when it happens to tech, when the other team does it, it feels against the spirit of the game because you know, you're jumping yeah, to the guy I, who's just standing there. He kind of launched himself too, like it was. Yeah, it. Uh, yeah, Kobe does working. this, and it's why that North Texas Twitter account hates him so much. He plays knowing that the rest call fouls and tries to get as many of them as possible on the other team. And sometimes that works out. It just didn't work out here. That guy sure loves to, uh, to tweet like a crying baby picture to anybody who's complaining about refs and then literally complain about refs for like, like on Friday night, man, the guy UNT six or whatever was just like tweeting nonstop about how Kobe's a rag doll and, and the ref should be ashamed that they let him get away with flopping so much and blah, blah, blah. Both teams on Friday night, by the way, got flop warnings. Is that right? Yep. So, uh, that's, that's anyway. Then on Saturday, when we had, when we tweeted out that video of the guy's foot moving, he, he tweets us a crybaby um, gif. So it's like, all right, man, like good to know that you're allowed to complain, but we're not. But a- anyway, um, so yeah, Kobe misses that three-pointer, does not get fouled. We immediately foul uh, the the rebounder who makes the first free throw and misses the second. And then things got interesting because Kobe comes down and all North Texas has to do is not foul us and the game's over because they're up four. But Kobe shoots a three and it's clear contact and he gets fouled. The three wasn't really that close to going in. I think it bounced off the backboard. So you know, there's one second or 0.9 seconds left on the clock and Kobe's going to the line to shoot three down four. So he, he has to make the first two. And then essentially there's enough time on the clock for a tip in, but not like a full catch and shoot. So he has to make the first two, which he does. So he makes it 57 to 55. And then he has to miss on purpose, but in such a way that tech can get the ball and tip it in without like grabbing and shooting because we don't have time for that. And so um, after we made the first two, Conkle called timeout and the, the announcers were talking about what the plan should be. And they were actually pretty close, I think, to what ended up happening. But, you know, you've got the four North Texas players in, you know, to get rebounds and then two Tech players in there. So I think it was Crawford and Lofton who are in the lane. They just rush to the center as soon as the ball hits the rim. And they're not trying to get the ball at all. They're just trying to draw those four guys with them. And it worked almost perfectly because Pemberton is just waiting off to the side. And as soon as the ball hits the rim, he runs in and Kobe missed it soft to the left. And so the ball just bounces right off the rim to the left. And Pemberton almost caught it clean. But a North Texas guy, and and I'm talking like, I'm talking like a foot and a half from the basket, like easy layup right? If, if he can get it clean, there's no reason he should miss that shot. But a North Texas player at the last second reaches his hand out and gets it in there from the center of the lane and just barely throws off the timing and the ball goes out of bounds. And it was like, man, that shit almost worked. And I was really impressed by that play, even though it didn't work and we lost, but it was just like, wow, that was kind of crazy. Yeah. It, it shouldn't have worked because like an onside kick shouldn't have worked, but yeah. when it comes yeah, close, yeah. it's still impressive, even when it doesn't quite happen. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Onside kick's a good analogy for that. Because I mean, that's really what we needed in that moment was yeah, and an also, onside I kick. Mean, I'll just I'll just credit the team and and the coaching staff too for not like giving up when we went down four with four seconds left because the game's over at that point, right? You're not. I, I don't know what Ken Palm says our chances to win were at that point, but like. <laughs> I mean, the game's over. You're down four. There's not enough time. 
you know, and, but Kobe comes down, takes the three notices that, that there's going to be contact. So he, he gets the foul call and, uh, yeah, I mean, ultimately, there just wasn't enough scoring in this game, especially early on, you know, going down 26 to nine. Whew, that was uh, not not a great start. Um, Hard to come back from that. Yeah, but across the weekend, I mean, to split in the super pit with uh, with North Texas and also hold their team to 63 and 57 points. I mean, really good stuff. And I think bodes well for our future here in, in conference play. Yeah, one more moment to jump back to, though, before we, we wrap up the talk about these two games is with two minutes and 12 seconds left in the first half of this second game, uh, Tech hits a basket. Uh, I believe it was a dish down to uh, Kenny Lofton. And then we have something that I haven't been able to use this jingle for in over a year. That's a technical foul. There's a technical foul <laughs> called on the bench of North Texas. Uh, no one knows what happened. Someone, something was said, but either way, I created that sound clip like a year ago and I wanted to use it again. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, like I said earlier, Lofton had 14 rebounds in this game. So he was one point away from another double, double almost had half the team's rebounds on his, on his own, uh, 14 of 30 went to him. So, you know, pretty strong weekend. We kind of all were hoping for a split and hoping not to lose. Also, we can confirm that night one, the team won and got milkshakes delivered to the hotel. So if they had won on night two, I think they got ice cream again. I think it would have been a double double dip ice cream weekend, but um, unfortunately they, they couldn't get that win. So we still don't know for sure. Yeah. Uh, Do we ever check to see based on what NTSN North Texas's Twitter guy, if uh, Kobe Williams got a flop flavored milkshake or whatever he was suggesting he should get? Oh, gosh. Still don't understand what that means. I mean, there's trying hard and there's there's trying hard, and that's that's one of those two things. So anyway, um, <laughs> speaking of trying hard, uh, no, the the texters split the weekend as they are uh, accustomed to doing. They won on Friday night, just like the Bulldogs did. They won sixty to fifty five, um, which is actually pretty impressive. The the defense was good enough to hold the third best scoring offense in the conference down. Keanu Walker scored 17 points, um, 13 of 14 from the free throw line. So I guess she was getting fouled a lot and not really making those buckets, but um, good stuff from her. The defense held North Texas to their season low of 29% uh, shooting from the field. And then Annalar Roberson added a double, double, Tech's offense wasn't super good, 36.7% shooting for them. But again, the, the defense was good enough to get the job done. Uh, game two was actually pretty similar. It was a defensive game with uh, the, the lead going back and forth. North Texas ultimately pulled away by outscoring the Texters 20 to 9 in the fourth quarter. Tech shot two for 14 from the field in the fourth, which is pretty much the same thing that happened last weekend for the Texters. They just fell apart in the fourth quarter of a game and and ended up losing it when they had the lead going in. So uh, they lost 63 to 58, but Bree Harris was able to record her uh, second career double-double with 17 points and 14 rebounds. What do they have coming up this week? UAB is who the Texters will play this week. It will be on the road in Birmingham. Massey gives the Texters a 41% chance to win these games. Uh, UAB is 184th on the year. Yeah, Tech is 188 right now. Yeah, 7-9 is what the Blazers are. Uh, Looking at their schedule, they've lost 
what is it, six in a row. They were swept by UTEP, Middle Tennessee, and Charlotte. Their last win came on January 9th at Southern Miss, where they swept the Golden Eagles. Looking at the rest of their schedule, they've won some games, have lost some. Their first win came over with Massey gives a rank zero to Edward Waters. <laughs> if I had more time, I'd look into that. They're the Tigers, apparently. Either way, yeah, I, this is a weekend that could probably go either way. We're going to do our predictions in a second after we talk uh, about what's coming up for the men. But yeah, this is a another series where you kind of hope to split the two games at this point in the year. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that I can hope for much more from them. Yeah, you can probably just take these text or segments from each of our podcasts over the past month and month or two and right. watch us get progressively sadder as the year goes on. But yeah. hopefully we won't be so sad because we're going to talk about the men in a second. And to do that, we need to welcome to the show Char Millionaire. We'll be right back. Hi, and welcome back. For this second half of the show, we're joined by Dave or Charmillionaire. I think we weren't sure last time what to call you when you came on the show. You can call me either one. I don't really remember how I came up with that name, but I wanted to be like some kind of like neutral dragon mascot with no real persona online so I could say like some nasty things from here, you know, here and there. But yeah, Charmillionaire, Dave, whatever works for you guys. All right. Um, I know that we just started recording but are you familiar with the daring sexual maneuver called the charizard no but i i would like a visual and maybe a virtual uh, representation or uh, uh something about that I would, I would i would like a whole synopsis of that please well, this is an audio medium so you have to kind of give an audio description i think is I'm yeah yeah sorry sorry i'm being uh, selfish I, i'll take audio yeah i'm, I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not going to do that. But. <laughs> bring it up. but yeah, the real reason we've had you on uh, to just gloss over what Matt just said was to preview this weekend's matchup with UAB at home at the Thomas Assembly Center in Ruston. The Blazers are a team that, just to say their record very quickly, because that's, I think, the scariest part about this, is that they're 16-2 and two on the season. That's, uh, Ooh, that's a, lot a bit of scary yeah. coming from this tech perspective. Uh, number 88 in Ken Palm in the rankings. Uh, North Texas is 86th. Just to give a reference, Tech is 97th, so expected to be close. Uh, only one of those two losses came in conference play. They are 9-1 and one in conference USA play, and that, that one loss came at Charlotte on the road. They split that series with the 49ers. The thing that jumps out to me about UAB, though, is the fact that the schedule's not really the toughest, especially with, I think, a couple conference games got canceled earlier in the year because the best one is only over a number 134 Eastern Tennessee State school. Does that sound about right, Dave? Yeah, that's correct. It, it's bad. We we had Georgia Tech uh, on the schedule in December. They were coming to Birmingham, but we we uh, I think we actually had the positive COVID test, so that that got uh, nullified. Um, and we had that uh, at the time. Chattanooga was undefeated. I think we were both seven and zero or eight and zero, and we lost to them at, at Bartow in Birmingham. Uh, so those are probably the you know, our marquee games, one didn't happen, one did. But I would agree with you. We haven't played anyone, but you 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 can't really dispute the numbers. The, the defense is nasty. It's really good. And, you know, sometimes, like, to have a good season, you just got to, you like, you got to, this is really, really kind of an obvious statement, but you got to win the games that are on your schedule. But you got to do it in such a way that proves that you're you're a legit team. And they do it defensively. They 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 hold teams under sixty almost every time, 
And it's, it's a transfer loaded team with a couple carryovers that were, you know, really great players for us under Rob Eason. But yeah, we haven't played anybody. I'll, I'll have to agree to that. If we would have had that North Texas series that got canceled, which was our first series of Conference USA uh, play, I think you would know a lot more about this team. But um, right now, like, I think once we go to Ruston this weekend, we'll really have some kind of idea if, if defense can carry this team. Yeah, because on the surface, this defense looks impressive is not – not enough of a word to describe it. Tenth best in the nation in defensive effective field goal percentage, which is the one that LaTeX Sports Report likes to use a lot. 48th in the nation in avoiding sending opponents to the free throw line. Not that that's really an issue for Tech because we can't hit them anyway. But 30th best three point D. 18th best two point D. 35 bet 35 35. That's not a that's not a word. 35th best blocking team in the nation. 15th best at forcing steals and ninth best at forcing turnovers. There are a lot of teams in college basketball, and to have all of those rank that highly, usually a defense is good at one thing or another, but this is pretty much across the board. Well, really what it is, is it's two guys. It, it starts in the in in the front court. It's Quan Jackson. It's the transfer that we got from, uh, I think he's from Georgia State or Georgia Southern. No, excuse me, Georgia Southern. Uh, he was an all-sunbelt uh, player. He, he's a, You know who he reminds me of? He reminds me of Speedy, one of those guys that has – just that, like knack, like when he when, like whether he's playing zone, whether he's playing man, he just has this knack of just, just getting steals and getting you know uh, transition points. He uh, can't shoot the shoot the ball worth crap. But I I, I apologize if Quan listens to this. I, I assume he's not because he's like eighteen years old or nice, whatever he is. But um, he reminds me a lot of Speedy. Uh, he just has that like knack for like getting like in guards' ways. And, and uh, guards ways and, and, and creating like turnovers and creating havoc. And then the other person is Trey Jimison, our, our seven foot center, who is the transfer from Clemson, but he played at Hoover High School, which is maybe 10 minutes from downtown Birmingham. Uh, he's he's a, a terrible offensive player, but he's a fantastic defensive player. Uh, he's got really great feet. Uh, he comes out to the key and like for picks and things like that. And uh, like, really, you know, he has good movement, good hands. I, I take that back. He does not have great hands because he can't, can't really shoot very well. But our defense is really predicated on those two guys. When you, when you can run these like one, two ones and all these, these different, like, like three quarter uh, full court, pre- uh, three quarter uh, court presses and full court presses. When you've got a guy who's guarding, you know, your point guard, it's going to be all in your face and you've got a seven footer just anchoring that paint. And it, it's incredible. I, 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 I don't think even with like William Lee, and I'm sure you guys all remember him. He was like a really great, uh, like a help defender, uh, uh, pat, uh, blocker, but this like Trey, Trey Jemison's different. He, I mean, he, he, he's, he's like an on ball defender, seven footer. Like he, you can, um, your, your big guy, um, uh, Lofton, uh, I call him uh, Kung Pao Lofton. Um, uh, Kung Pao, Kung Pao Kenny. Sorry, I, I've been waiting to use that. Kung Pao Kenny, not 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 Kung Fu Kenny, but Kung Pao Kenny. Uh, you, wait, you texted me that you had a great name for him like an hour or two ago, and then you stumble through it when you finally have your chance. Shit, man. Uh, I need you to edit that and make that seem so seamless. Oh, but yeah, I love that nickname though. That's funny. 
Kung Pao Kenny and, and Trey Jemison, are, they're going to go to church. They're going to go to church for real. Like, it's, it's going to be an intimate affair, and, and I'm excited to see them play against each other. Oh, yeah. Th- that is a really good point because when you were describing Jemison or Jemison or however you say his name a, a few minutes ago, like, I was just like, oh, man, Lofton. Like, this is going to be – they're going to, they're gonna like, butt heads, man. This is going to be fun to watch, right? And he's got the – the 28th best block percentage in Ken Palm in the nation. Um, he, he blocks 9.8% of shots. And I think that's when he's on the floor. I'm not sure how exactly that's calculated, but yeah, he's, he's in the, you know, the top tier of blockers in the nation and Lofton's going to challenge him directly. I mean, so that's going to be fun to watch. It, re- it really is. And he's, and, I, and I'll reiterate, like, uh, you know, we were talking about, I was talking about William Lee. Uh, Kaiser was the same way for La Tech. Like I hear, my, William Lee and Kaiser were very similar. They felt like somewhat like help defender blockers. Like they they would like if you were driving to the like a point guard's driving against like you know the guard defender. Um, they he would come in and just swat it away. Kaiser was amazing. I loved him. Um, but Jimison's not like that. Jimison's like a you know you're gonna you know back your butt up to him into the paint. You're gonna try to like you know post up. He will just he's incredible. He he will he will he he um he's just got great feet he's got great timing and um I'm I'm excited to you know you know watch him against Lofton because Lofton I mean that boy thick that boy real thick but he's good dude he's got really quick feet it is so surprising yeah uh, on the offensive side of the ball though for for UAB uh, that's I guess not as impressive this time impressive is maybe too weak of a word what i really kind of keen in on is their 285th i did it again 285th best three-point shooting offense which is not what you would really want to see when if you're a uab fan uh, but they don't turn the ball over that's sixth best but shooting's not really the strength of this team at least on paper is what it looks like it's a it's a really strange team to watch because they really love the mid-range uh michael earl uh tavin lovin uh who else uh, yeah, Tyreek Scott Grayson and Kasim Nicholson, they all love to get like these like elbow like shots. It's very YMCA. It's like they won't take a lot of threes, but then you, then you'll get someone like Jalen Benjamin, this, this kid who's like 140 pounds and he's 5'8 and he'll shoot a transition three after a turnover from, you know, 40 feet. And it's just, it's, it, it seems it can be dynamic at times. Really, honestly, the only threats from three are Tyreek Scott uh, Grayson, Benjamin and Ertle. Um, uh, but they, I mean, but they're just, you know, they're hit or miss. You, you don't, you know, some games you might hit eight, some games you might uh, not hit one of the first pass. That's, that's, that's definitely the weakness in this UAB team. As good as they are defensively, they can go on these long spurts offensively where it's a lot of just like passing it, you know, around the three point perimeter, back and forth, back and forth. And they force it inside. You know, to a guy like Trey Jemison, who's you know seven foot, great defender, but he had he had terrible hands. That that's that's where I see a lot of like wasted possession. Mm. Yeah, I went ahead and uh, generated the scouting report that I tweet out with uh, with our stats account just to take a look at at some of these numbers because yeah, Jalen Benjamin and uh, Scott Grayson both have the the majority of the three point shooting. Both are slightly above average three point shooters, is what it looks like here. But yeah. Is it Michael Earl? I see. Is Michael Ertel? Is the tell part silent, or is that? Yeah, it's it's Ertel, and he, Ertel. So oh, he's okay. from so he's from La Monroe. He and Quan Jackson were the two first team Sun Belt players that uh, were grad transfers that came to UAB. 
Um, so they're kind of our ringers, like guys who've been around for four plus years. And what's crazy is that La Monroe, he was, he was lights out. I think he has some three point records there. He'll go through some spells with us where he just can't hit the broadside of a barn. But he, he, I don't know if you remember Nick Norton. Um, he's, he was uh, a point guard for us, you know, in the early Coakley and William Lee years. He's probably like a, like a, a better version of him when he's on. Um, but, you know, recently he just hasn't hit, hit, hit crack. So um, that's, 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 that's what leads me to believe when we like, in the Friday and Saturday game, I, I bet you this game's going to be in the 50s and 60s. I bet it's going to be a grinded out, just you know, just defensive battle. Yeah, and that, that's kind of what I'm seeing too, because, I mean, <clears throat> UAB's got the number one defense in Conference USA. Tech's got the number two defense in Conference USA. So, um, you know, and, and we played North Texas, you know, a, a relatively high scoring team, I think normally, and held them sub 65 both games last weekend. So, um, yeah, I, I could easily see this being like a 50 to 49 or some, you know, some crap game to watch. But like, you know, you'll have to key in on some individual battles to have fun watching one of one or two of these games, I think. It'll be good for us to watch. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know yeah, if it'll be good yeah. for, the, for the neutral party. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. But I, 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 I haven't been, I've been, I think I went to Ruston uh, the year, I think it was probably four or five years ago. And it was the year that we were really good. UAB uh, was like 16-2 and two when they came in. And I think we were a one-point favorite. And that's just a place to get your heart broken. And it, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what it is about that arena. It's, it's not even like it's that vivacious like, or like loud. It's just, it's just, it's just got like a, a lot of like history um, with the wit, with the, you know, just like when you walk around in the, the area around the, the arena with the women's teams and all their accolades, like, you just like when you walk in there, you just feel like every like all the fans that come in attendance that are live there, like oh we're gonna win because we like we're good at basketball. This is what we do. <laughs> it's just it just like it's very it's very deflating playing there, and therefore that's why we've never won there. And but I hope that changes. We we have two opportunities in two days. So, so. yeah, I mean that's that's an interesting stat too because I mean I guess before the CUSA days y'all hadn't come to Ruston yet we had played a few times but it was always in Birmingham I think yeah so but even still I mean y'all have been relatively good at least the whole time we've been in the conference together so it's interesting that it's always been kind of we go to Birmingham to to lose and get our hearts broken and y'all come to Ruston and the same thing happens so we'll see if we can keep that up this year but you know also Tech is still in single digits in terms of losses at home in in Conference USA so I think we're like you know, eighty something and and seven or eight, I think, in terms of teams in the so. Isn't UCSA like the only team that's won like multiple times there, like in the conference? Um, I'm not. I know that um, Marshall beat us earlier this year in what was one of the saddest moments of the tech in recent memory. Yeah, the hard part's the the split series where you have to beat a team twice on your own court. That's that's really the hard part, especially when you're playing a good team like Marshall was at least then. They've kind of cooled off recently. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the, the way I look, the way I look at it usually is uh, Ken Palm has a thing called home court advantage, which assigns a number of points in their formulas to who they think will win or lose games. And uh, UAB's home court advantage is three point four points, which is about middle of the pack in Division One. Tech's home court advantage is four point two points, which is ninth best. So they, oh, wow. the the computer yeah. believes that Tech has the ninth best home court advantage in college basketball. Makes sense. That makes sense. It's- 
It's a scary That's place. Crazy. Yeah. We have Carl Malone like courtside with like a like cowboy hat and a six shooter in his pocket. Like it's hard to win. <laughs> and a car dealership down the road. <laughs> mediocre teriyaki girl. Yeah. Uh, teriyaki girl's good. You have no taste, Nathan, at all. I mean, it's established, but it's good. It's rusted good. Yeah, God, it's it's low bar. I'll take my bottom bitch here, good. (laughs) Disgusting. Oh man, I've got stuff in my trash can that tastes better. So one other thing I wanted to ask you about is, you know, this is a new era for you guys starting this year. Andy Kennedy is back. I, I think he's an alum. Is that right? He is. He he was. Um, it, it, uh, well, he's a, he's a, the leading. No, he's the second leading scorer at UAB, uh, b- behind Steve Mitchell. And but he's really the face of like UAB basketball. He's who he's who people remember when you talk about Gene Bartow, um, in like the heyday of UAB basketball. And also he's he was the. This is this is so wild to say, but he was he was the he is the. Like most winningest coach at Ole Miss, and he, it was one of those deals where, like, you just they kind of had to part ways. It was you know they were over a decade together, he, him and Ole Miss, and and they weren't really you know regressing or progressing. So he kind of fell back into our laps after we got got rid of Eson, and it, it's it's definitely a new era. I mean, but he's got such a swagger. Um, I, I say he's probably going to be the guy that's going to bring UAB basketball. Somewhere close to where football ha- has um, escalated in the past years, well, I think he's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hate I hate to say it, but it's Birmingham is such a thriving city, and it's it's such a central focal point to to sports in the South. That and I mean, people just love. It. Yeah, it, it it no, it really it really is kind of it, it's kind of like hard to like stomach if you don't love UAB because I, I was watching a game early this year. I think it was like uh, it was in a non conference. But they like mic'd him up uh, for the game on ESPN, like ESPN U, I think. Um, and he was just like literally just coaching and just like making jokes. And I was like, man, this is like a, a he's like Jimmy Kimmel, like like in, in basketball. Like he's so Somehow endearing. This is worse. Yeah, like it's it's not fair. Like we, we like you almost kind of want to hope COVID like sticks around and we can't have like a CUSA media days because he's going to show up in like a green blazer. And and like you know, Dick Vitale is going to come over there and like massage his shoulders like during the interview. He's he's so in, very he's, odd descriptions. Yeah, I know. I maybe I thought about this. Uh, to, to circle back around, uh, uh, yeah, it, it is a new era. It kind of it, it's a full circle. It really is because he was here in the uh, late eighties, early nineties, and um, it feels like home for him. Feels like home for us, and I think. There's a country music artist that's probably going to write a song about it because it's really warm and and fuzzy. And this is just getting worse and worse. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done, man. I, I apologize. If, if you're going to get a country music band, may I suggest the one featured on The Bachelor last night, Temecula Road? <laughs> Come again? <laughs> we agree. We're, we're saving our Bachelor content for later, Matt. Come on. Oh, okay. Yeah, my bad. My bad. Temecula Road. I don't know who they are, but the woman in the band has tattoos, so you know they're edgy. Man, sold, sold. So many, so many codas to choose from already. But yeah, Indeed. to look to the computer polls very quickly, Tech is given a fifty-four percent chance to win by Ken Palm. The final score prediction sixty-six to sixty-five. Massey gives Tech a slightly better chance, sixty-one percent. 
and predict a three-point game, 68-65. to 65. Uh, Again, playing these games twice, I'm, I'm nervous about that. I feel like we can win one. I don't know if we can win two, but we'll do our predictions in a second. Uh, we've talked a little bit about players kind of to keep our eyes on. You know, I know you've dropped quite a few names, both past and present players. Is there one player really that uh, fans should have their eyes on throughout this matchup or matchups, I guess? Yeah, it's Quan Jackson. He he he's a difference maker for UAB. He he uh, was out for a while. That's um, in, my, in my opinion. That's why we lost the Chattanooga game. Uh, lost that game in Charlotte. He had a MCL injury, uh, but he's one of the most active. Just he's not a nasty player, but he's 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 a really smart, just handsy player, handsy guard. I think Quan Jackson is going to be the guy. He's got long dreads. Um, you know, just just imagine speed. At his best, and and you're going to get Quan Jackson. Yeah, and to that point, looking at the Ken Palm stats here, he he's got a steal percent of five, which is sixth best in the nation. So I mean, that's I, I'm not sure what Speedy's stats were, you know, in terms of Ken Palm. I'm sure we could find out. Ken Palm's pretty thorough, but um, that's that's pretty it's crazy. Yeah. So the you, team- you're gonna you're gonna see it immediately. Like it's it, it's it's a different kind of defender. Uh, it, 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 his, his intuition, his instincts, or it, it's, it's wild. Uh, I would just, I would literally give my next two paychecks to have him for four years. <laughs> so the team is sixteen and zero when he plays. He, yeah, correct. Oh, that's, that's correct. Yeah, that's fantastic. So uh, let's hope he misses the bus. Yeah, the Chattanooga game we lost. Uh, he got injured two minutes in, and then that Charlotte, that second game just. That's so wild. I don't know if y'all like followed along with that Charlotte series. We beat the crap out of them first game. Oh yeah, that was the week that two teams in CUSA scored in in the thirties, right? Because Charlotte scored yeah. thirty seven, and then Utah was uh, like, "Hold on, we'll put up yeah, thirty three. Like, <laughs> it's like yeah, it's like hey, don't 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 don't. We're we're the real miners. Yeah, we're, we're really we're really mining the bad bad points. <laughs> uh, no, it's it's wild, man. Like we we just dominated them, and then that that's that back to back. That back to back, it's just it's just bananas. You don't you just have to have like a really really far far uh, gap of of talent to win those back to back. Yeah, that's why. And they just they just we just came out that second game just flat as can be. Yeah, looking at the the win percentage chart. For that game, that loss to Charlotte, Charlotte started pretty early on with an 18-0 run and then ended the game on an 18-7 run. Uh, you're not going to win very many games when you lose the, the very beginning and the very end. Yeah, I think we were drunk. I think our whole team was drunk. <laughs> Would love to watch a basketball game where the players are inebriated. They sober up at halftime and then get drunk again before the end of the game. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would love to see uh, La Tech versus Ulala like a rival like rival oh, rivalry hey, uh, like a, a drunk game like 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 everyone takes some grenades like the whole team. I would rather I would rather UAB win every national championship in football till the day I die than ever ever lose to ULL. That's so it's so bizarre it's so, it's so bizarre because I don't. I just don't know if we have a rivalry that like nasty because ours is. I I think it's La Tech. It, it, it it's it's new, but you guys hate. Like you will really not. Give, you really will not. Hate it. it is. Oh yeah. Yeah. You you guys hate us, and I appreciate that so much. Thank you. <laughs> you guys hate you you like you will not give you la la like the Louisiana like tag like no. like no. how 
No, like you, no, you'll you'll go the damn grave with that. No, we we know what Louisiana state law says, so we're we're just following the law, like good law-abiding citizens. That's all we're doing. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we don't need to get into that. Yeah, please uh, don't. Let's let's do our predictions here. Um, so I mean, I guess let's toss in the women's games too, right? The the uh, the Lady Texters will be traveling over to Birmingham this weekend as well, uh, Friday and Saturday night. So. Um, when you make your predictions, just let's go for all four games and see, you know, what, what we've got here. All right. What you got, Matt? My dogs are going to win 30 to 27. Th- th- 30 to 27? What sport? Uh, That's a quote from the Adam Sandler film, The Water Boy. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Famous basketball movie. Indeed. <laughs> indeed. Uh, I'll say it'll probably. Uh, I'm going to go three, one. I think the ladies will win both of their games. Women. Sorry. This is a PC podcast. Uh, the women will win both of their games. And I think the men will split their series. I'm pretty sure Evan uses a Mac, but yeah, UAB, <laughs> the women's team is actually <laughs> predicted to win their games. Such a the Blazers shit. have a 59% chance to win. According to Massey, <laughs> I'm just talking over, you're talking over me. Uh, so I think it's unlikely the women sweep the weekend. Uh, really, I think both teams go one and one. I think that's my prediction. I'll be less than my usual optimistic self right now. Boo. Yeah, I'll I'll go next so we can uh, let our guest here have the last word. But there's no way the Lady Texters are sweeping on the road. That's just, I mean, come on. Um, we haven't talked about what they did this week yet. Or wait, no, we have because this part comes after that. Oops. Um, anyway, <laughs> the Lady Texters aren't sweeping anybody for the rest wow. of the year. Yeah, they're they're not great. Have um, faith in your team, you son of a bitch. Really so that's one and one there. Ooh, the men, the men, the men, the men. I really want to say two and zero oh, because UAB's never won in Ruston. But the back to back days, ah, it's a good team. That's that's hard. Ah, Nathan, you picked both teams split, right? So two and two. Yep. Well, I don't want to do that. So fuck it. The men are sweeping three and one. That's my prediction. Let's go. <laughs> Oh boy! All right, what you got to say, Dave? All right, I, I've got the men uh, winning both games in Ruston, um, um, and I've I've got a split in which, Birmingham. Wait, which team? Which, which men? Men's, what? Well, the UA- UAB or Tech? <laughs> you have the men winning in Ruston. Doesn't really <laughs> tell me well, anything. The, well, well, the men that are sixteen and two, so uh, not the men that are not sixteen and two. So uh, the team you that says you, you fuck. the team that. <laughs> the team, yes, yeah, yeah, thank you, Matt. Uh, the team that is the team that is bound to be a 12th seed in the NCAA tournament is going to sweep the uh, the Bull Boys and Ruston. Uh, and never won there, but we're going to get two. Out I've of never way. heard someone aggressively brag that they're going to be a 12th seed in a tournament. <laughs> hey, man, I'll, you know, you know the, 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 as Mike. As, as Michael Jordan says, the 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 floor is the ceiling. Uh, so we, we don't we don't have very high to go here. So well, uh, as Colonel Sanders once said, "I'm too drunk to taste this chicken." Uh, you know. So so what are the what are the women gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> this, is the be- this is the best podcast I've ever been on, by the way. Uh, You're welcome. You got. I love you guys so much. I really do. And uh, but I, I as far as the women go. I mean, I feel the same way you guys. It's a crapshoot. Uh, I, 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 I know y'all have a new coach. We have a coach that's been there for a while. Um, it's so wild that our women's coach was is the dad of like our point guard that like helped us win a tournament game in like 
five years ago. It's so wild to me. Uh, but he's really good. So, and I think we can be good at times. But LV, um, I think we're gonna, I think we're gonna sweep Tech uh, and Rustin, and I think we are going to be ranked in the AP top twenty-five this time next Monday. Ooh, spicy. Yeah, those are some that, hot takes. Nate, we haven't done Nate, write, Nathan, write that down. Nathan, I want you, I, I want you to write that up and then a full article and a full report that we're gonna be the top twenty-five on Monday. Thank you. I'm in my 20s. I haven't written anything down in a decade. <laughs> send, it, send, send it to me in a memo. Okay. Yeah, we'll we'll send that via fax over to your office. Yeah, we'll have our people contact your people. First, we have to get people. We don't have people. Either way, yeah. Thanks yep. for uh, even if we totally disagree with your opinions on who will win games this weekend and or be ranked at the end of the week. Where can we follow you on Twitter or or what else do you got going on? I'm Char Millionaire. Um, I don't write anything anymore, but I would go follow. Uh, there's a couple good Blazer podcasts. I, I don't know why I'm I'm, I'm I'm plugging this because I'm talking to people from LaTeX. But what's uh, your rate for them to plug them? Yeah, yeah. If if you uh, follow, uh, you know, please don't die tech dot com. What? Uh, whatever you're called. Um, <laughs> whatever we're called. It's our whole stick, man. Come on. <laughs> I know. I'm just messing around. Go tech, please don't die. There, there. Yeah, you guys are my friends. Um, you, you can probably find find my tag. I'm Char Millionaire. I'm a UAB guy. I'm, I'm not media. I'm not, I'm not a former player. I'm just having fun like you guys. Yeah, that about wraps it up for the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G O T E C H P L S D N T. D-I-E, or head to our blog where we sometimes publish stuff. That's gtpdd.dog, D-O-G. Uh, baseball season starts next weekend, so like a week and a half from now. I'll have a baseball contest up at the end of this week because that's a thing that we do again. Been playing around with, with that a little bit this week. Uh, that'll be at gtpdd.dog slash contest. Uh, that'll be fun. But until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And go tech, please don't die. Charizard is. Uh, okay. I've got a lot of time in the Midwest. Okay, let me just go ahead and read this right now. Evan knows what this is. He's going to get a kick out of this. <clears throat> okay. The Charizard. During coitus, light on fire, then put it out, then flap your arms wildly, yelling, You don't have enough badges to train me. <laughs> <laughs> Holy oh man all right stuff that's not making the episode already like no that's not even that's not even coda <laughs> <laughs>